Hello, good morning, welcome to church. I just want to welcome you to today's service. My name is Davis Bamiboy and I'm your pastor. Praise God forevermore. Now, if you were with us last week, remember I taught a topic I have called Forget Not. And we couldn't even finish that message because I said we're going to pack it to look at the rest of it this week, which is what we're going to do. But last week's message was such a blessing to me and to a whole lot of people because I got a lot of feedback from people on how just going back to the past and thinking about the goodness of God, the mercies of God, the grace of God and what God has done for us uh, has been quite impactful for them. You know, so this last this past week, our team, our, our media team caught up with one of our church members to just grant, to, who granted us an interview to share with us how the message last week has been a blessing. It's about four minutes uh, in, in, in the conversation, but I just want to listen to it and just ponder on what that message meant to someone. And possibly that will even help you to go back and listen to the message again as you prepare for the message for today. God bless you. Remember, as you listen, go back in your own mind to think about the goodness of God and how God has brought you through the, the, journeys, the journeys of life and where you are today. Remember, if he did it before, <laughs> he will do it again. I'll see you soon on the other side. God bless you. Good morning. This Hi. is the light of the church. Um, recently, our pastor, Pastor Davis, has been taking us on the series titled Beyond the Jordan. And last week's focus was on the topic titled Forget Not. And we learned that there are three ways in which we can forget God's active roles in our lives. That is the, pres the past, the present, and the future. So this morning I have with me Mrs. Stoltz. Hello, Ma. Hello, how are you doing, Sophie? Very good. So together we're going to review what we learned last week. So we learned that we can forget God's active role in the past if we attribute our successes to ourselves. Yeah. Then in the present, when we focus on challenges we are going through, instead of focusing on God's power and ability to bring us out of it and in the future when we take steps without seeking God's direction. So Mrs. Stokes, can you share with us what you learned last week? Well, <clears throat> pretty much learning that gratitude is key, I think was one of the points that stood out to me. Uh, a sense of gratitude is needed to keep us in that space of remembering who God is and remembering that you know he has he's the one who brings deliverance to us the other thing i learned that gave me a new perspective was when the pastor shared the scripture on uh we prepare the horse for battle but it's the lord that gives victory in the end because often we rely you know we think that our preparation for battle is down to us and the battle is also down to us when in reality it's just re just the start of it, us getting prepared and get taking being in you know, walking in obedience to God and saying, you know what, let's do this, and then stepping into it. That's when God's power comes in and gives us the victory. So understanding that the victory comes from God, not from us, uh, was was quite <clears throat> an eye opener for me. And then also, uh, and and that that was an eye opener because often we think that if we don't walk in obedience then we don't receive what we want or if we do walk in obedience which is the flip side of it that then it's our obedience that earns us god's grace but really it is god's power all along the other thing as well is remembering that it isn't whatever it is we achieve or we have achieved was not achieved by our own hand it was achieved uh, through the power and the grace of god and so keeping in mind that it is God that gives us the power to gain wealth, not our efforts, not our work, not our degrees, and so on. Yeah, thank you so much. So say, um, can you tell us how we can make effort not to forget God's active roles in our lives? Because as humans, there is the tendency for us to attribute successes to ourselves. We mm -hmm. have this, the human nature in us would rather focus on the problems you are going through instead of focusing on God. So can you tell us how we can make efforts to make to, to be conscious, not to forget God? I think it's pretty much in the three points that you mentioned earlier, which is 
remembering that God is the source of our life. You know, all of our power and everything that we have in us, we have one source. And just having that at the forefront of our mind in everything we do is keeping, you know, keeping God at the forefront of our minds and knowing that He is our source. That is one way to make sure we don't forget God. The other way is to, again, from what you had said earlier and what the theme of the sermon was, is uh, remembering not to complain about anything because complaining is, is evidence that we don't trust that we're in God's will or that we don't trust that He has the power to help or to deliver us. And also knowing that we don't need to worry about the future. Uh, and, and so in a practical sense, it's just really, as the pastor likes to say, is having a consciousness of these truths. Uh, head knowledge is great. Uh, writing things down and confessing it is great. But until you walk in that consciousness, it's not really going to have much of an effect on you. Thank you so much for honoring our invitation. Now, here is today's message. All right, so... I hope that testimony has been a blessing to you as it has been to me. Praise God forevermore. Let us pray. Wonderful Father, we thank you for the gift of life. Thank you for the gift of another day. Thank you for what you're going to do in our midst today. Thank you for the blessings that will flow from you. Thank you for the intimate relationship that we already have with you. Thank you for the word of life, word of grace, word of power, word of empowerment that you are going to flow into our lives today. Thank you that nobody will leave here the same way they came. They will leave far, far better than they have come here. Because the Bible says the path of the just shines brighter, shines brighter and brighter onto the perfect day. Thank you, wonderful Father. Take the lips of clay of mine and turn it into lips that will utter words of mystery, words of grace, words that will bless people and encourage them in the name of Jesus. Glorify the name of your son this morning. In Jesus' name, we pray. All right, let's go to work. Let's go to work. Praise God. Remember last week, I spoke about forget not. And I, I began to talk about three things that we can, we can dabble into that can make us to seem to forget God or that can make us forget God. One of the things we spoke about is a heart that complains when we are always complaining and complaining and complaining when we are going through those moments of challenges. We also spoke about when we look into the future and we don't even think about including God in our future plans and say, what do you want me to do here? What do you want me to do here? We sort of shortchange ourselves. All right, and when we look to the past and we think, oh, look at what I've done. It's by my own power that I've done this. We again should change ourselves. Today, so today I want to focus on the rest of Psalm 103 that we started with last week. You know, I only covered verses 1 to 2. So today I will try and run through uh, the rest of the verses. I'll just do a light touch, run through them, give some examples to bring home the point. Praise God. Now remember, the reason why we're talking about this scripture, by the way, is we start talking about the memorials that God asked the children of Israel to create by lifting up 12 stones from within the Jordan, from where the feet of the priest stood. You know, when they crossed the Jordan, the feet of the priest stood in the middle of the Jordan and they crossed the Jordan on dry ground. One of the things that I forgot to mention, you know, as I, as I finished the message last week was, you know, in the scripture, when we read that scripture in Joshua chapter 4, verses 5 to 7, I'm going to read it in a moment. One thing I want to call out is the fact that these people walked on, walked through the Jordan on dry ground. I want to really emphasize that, that they, walk, they walked through the Jordan on dry ground. Now, the question I want to pose here is, even if you have a stream near your house and the water sort of dried up, the water just sort of where? The water dried up and you went to where the water was just a moment before it will still be wet there's no way you can pass through a stream that just dried up just now and you still won't have some mud sticking to your feet but the bible recorded that the jordan dried up which means the power of the of the, the power that drove the jordan back onto the city of adam carried with it enormous energy to dry up the ground to allow the people to walk. That is also another miracle. So you can see here, the miracle that God did in crossing the Jordan, it's not just that God, you know, parted the Jordan for them and backed up Jordan to up onto Adam. God also did something wonderful, something extraordinary by doing what? By allowing the Jordan to, to, to be dry. So essentially they had to walk on dry ground. They didn't have to sleep 
or fall down and or god if or even get their clothes dirty or get or, go, or get muckiness on their on their on their on their clothes and that is the power of the god that we serve praise god i just want to recall that so that you can understand the power of god so when god then asked them to go take the stones from the middle of the jordan they are not carrying stones that have mud or sand around it they're carrying stones that are actually dry and they carry these stones to the other side and god said set it up as memorials recount these stories of what i have done for you so that generations that are coming behind will remember to set their hope in god praise god let us go back into the text joshua chapter 4 verse 5 to 7 and joshua said to them cross over again to the ark of the lord your god into the midst of the jordan and each of you take up a stone on his shoulder according to the number of the tribes of the son of israel so that this may be a sign among you when your children ask later what do these stones mean to you then you shall say to them that the waters of the jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the lord when he crossed the jordan the waters of the jordan were cut off so these stones shall become a memorial for israel forever all right so i'm not going to belabor this text because we spoke about it last week all right so the stones serve as memorials forever so today i want to deep dive into psalm 103 as the basis of things that we can set as memorials remember memorials means something that helps something that something that helps us to remember what god has done in the past at times we forget at times we forget and god wants us to remember what he has done for us so psalm 103 is going to be picking up some things that i think is very important for you and i not to ever forget so that as we go through this life's journey if some things were to come up across our path we may say listen i remember that god has done this all right let us start psalm 103 verse 3 that's where i'm going to start from the bible says you kissed i'm reading the passion translation you kissed my heart with forgiveness in spite of all i have done you know this scripture is in the old testament and this psalmist is saying god kissed his heart with what forgiveness in spite of all i have done i've heard people say before you know god cannot forgive your sin oh you've done this thing god will never forgive but the truth of the matter is god is not even recording your sins against you look let me show you something here in romans chapter 4 verse 25 i've shared this particular scripture in midweek service if you have not been coming to midweek service i encourage you to to try and come to midweek service it's actually a powerful session where we share the word and you know i'm not going to be I'm, i don't preach at midweek service we just teach and talk and share and people also other people also share their experiences but look at what romans chapter 4 verse 25 says it says jesus was handed over to be crucified for the forgiveness of our sins and was raised up back to life to prove that he had made us right with God. Now, look at this scripture. This scripture is saying something that I want to call out. He's saying the reason why Christ was crucified, the reason why he hung on the cross was for one purpose, to ensure that your sins are forgiven. So anytime a thought comes to you or somebody even comes to you to say, you are not forgiven, you are still a sinner. The proof, the token, the sign, the memorial that your sins have been forgiven is that there was a crucifixion that happened 2,000 years ago. The only way for somebody to say you are not forgiven is to say Christ never died for you on the cross. The other thing, a part, a part of this message is it was raised back to life to prove that God has made you right with himself. So when we say that you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, the proof of you being righteous in Christ is what the resurrection the fact that christ was raised from the dead and today is seated at the right hand of god that proves that you're righteous so you don't need to prove your righteousness by feelings you don't need to prove that your sins are forgiven by feelings or by logic you have to believe the proof that god has set in place what are the proofs number one christ really really died on the cross he died for you and i which means my sins are forgiven number two Today we know Christ was has been raised from the dead and is seated right now at the right hand of God. That is the proof, all the proof that I ever need that I'm righteous in God. Praise God. So now you can boldly say with me, I am forgiven. I stand blameless before God because of what Jesus Christ has done. That's an affirmation that you can make. You can say, I am forgiven. I stand blameless before God because of what Jesus Christ has done. Praise God forever, forevermore. So don't forget that. Number two, we go to number two. 
it says you have healed me inside and out from every disease you have healed me remember healed past tense so in the reckoning of god before the sickness came upon you the healing was procured two thousand years ago before the sickness came upon you the healing for that sickness was already what procured in christ before the healing occurred so the bible here says you have healed me inside and out from every disease now when we talk about every disease here people of god we're not just talking about physical disease alone we're all talking of mental disease you know some people have mental disease you know poverty is a disease anxiety is a disease all this negativity is a form of disease and the bible here says you have healed me inside and out which means any disease that can affect my organ inside or can affect my body outside god has already healed me past tense how can we prove that oh let's step into the new covenant in the new covenant the bible says in first peter chapter 2 verse 24 in the passion translation it says he himself is talking about jesus he himself carried our sins in his body on the cross why so that we will be dead to sin and live for righteousness our instant healing flowed from his wounding let's take that scripture again christ carried our sins in his body on the cross so when he hung on the cross that body that body that hung on the cross became a body that that was laden with sin it became a body of sin and the bible says the soul that sin shall die right so and death exactly is what christ did on our behalf so the price for our sins were paid for by the body of jesus on that cross all right so and the bible here says the reason why that happened was so that we can be dead to sin we can stay categorically that i am dead to sin you can it's not about how you feel it's about a spiritual truth a spiritual transaction that has happened in the court of god and that you don't have to gainsay it you can say i am dead to sin yes you are now if you are dead to sin it means sin is also dead to you okay which means if sin is dead to you now what are you alive to the bible says you are alive to righteousness which means righteousness is your nature it's something that you are alive to it's not something that you are groaning to become it's something that you are living why because it is your right it is your identity then on the back of that is now saying our instant healing flowed past tense healing already flowed from the wounding from the stripes of jesus from the beating that christ received on the cross your healing already flowed so how do i lay hold on it by faith i have to say it is mine so i receive it praise god so the affirmation i've got here is i am healed from the inside out i enjoy divine health say with me i am healed from the inside out i enjoy divine health that's an affirmation you can you can say every single day say i enjoy divine health divine health is my inheritance it is mine therefore i receive it in the name of jesus praise god that's something you can do praise god forevermore let's go to verse 4 verse 4 says you have rescued me from hell and saved my life this is the one that i love the most this one is talking about the father i have been rescued from hell i am never going to hell you are never going to hell if you have given your life to jesus and you do not turn your back on him you are never going to hell you are never go god did not make hell for human beings god made hell for the devil and his cohort god did not create the hell and say okay i, I, I made this beautiful that i want and i'm going to throw them into it no god made hell for the devil because the devil you know committed treason right so but because god rescued us from the dominion of darkness because we were all born into adam you know god rescued us from from that lineage and placed us in the lineage of jesus christ therefore we are never going there Bible says you rescued me you know what rescue means <laughs> rescue means is something is on the verge of jeopardy or imagine you are on the, on the on the side of a cliff and you're about to fall over just in the nick of time a rest somebody something came from the side and just <clears throat> took you out of that place that's what rescue is or maybe somebody's in a in the burning building the building is about to blow up and you, you have this um this this rescue mission came through and they just you know jumped through the house rescued the baby and uh, and came out and then the next thing you knew the house blew over the house blowing over is synonymous to hell but we have been rescued from that we have been saved do you, you do you doubt that let's look at what jesus christ himself said jesus christ said in john chapter 10 verse 20 to 30 he says this he says i give to them the gift of eternal life 
This is what Jesus said. He said, He has given you what? Eternal life. I give to them the gift of eternal life. And they will never be lost. I want you to underscore the word never. You will never be lost. Why? Because you have eternal life. You know the word lost there means going to hell. The word lost actually means totally lost, never coming in, 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 into the vicinity of God. Perhaps you will never be lost. And no one has the power to snatch them out of my father's hands. I want to say something to you carefully. Please open your heart to listen to this carefully. If the salvation that God did, if the salvation that God gave to us can be undone by sin or can be undone by the devil or can be undone by yourself, then that salvation is not secured. You know the reason why God brought the new covenant? It was because the old covenant could not be kept by the children of Israel. Every single time God made a covenant with them and said, if you do this, I will do this. If you do that, I will do this. They never kept that side of the bargain. Why? Because they couldn't. And you cannot keep that side of the bargain as well if you are relying on, on your strength. But God made a covenant with Jesus. God made a covenant with, with Jesus. Therefore, because Christ always keeps promises, because Christ can never fail, the new covenant cannot fail. And Jesus Christ himself is the one that is saying this sentence. He is saying, I give them the, the gift of eternal life. They will never be lost. And no one can snatch you, you and I, out of the hands of the, power, of the Father. Nobody can snatch you out, out of my hands. Nobody can snatch you out of the Father, the hands of the Father. Why? Because my Father who has given them to me as his gift, we are we are the gifts that God gave to Jesus. We are the gifts that God gave to Jesus. All right? And because the Father gave us as gifts to Jesus, the Father himself is watching over his gifts to his Son so that that gift will never be lost. I, I've told you before, I, I'll get there in a moment, and let me just finish this. He says, My Father who gave them to me as his gift is the mightiest of all. Nobody is mightier than God. God is the mightiest of all, and no one has the power to snatch them out of my father's care. No one can snatch you out of the father's care. And Jesus Christ says, my father and I are one. No one can snatch you out of the father's care. You cannot be snatched out of the father's care. Why? Because the father is the mightiest of all. Praise God. Now, going back to the issue of gift, the father gave us as gifts to Jesus. I shared this with you before in Jude chapter 1. In Jude chapter 1, the Bible says that, we are the gift that God has wrapped for Jesus. In the Passion Translation, it says we are the gift that God has wrapped for Jesus. And God showed me a picture here. God said to me, if your daughter has a birthday, has a birthday coming, you go into the store. You look for the best gift that will make her happy. And you go to the, the place where, you, where they have wrapping paper. You wrap that, that gift in, in some sort of um, packet to make it protected. And you go and keep it somewhere. So that on the day that that is the birthday for your for your for your daughter for your child you bring out the gift and say look at what i bought for you god said to me the same way you go to the to the shop to buy a gift for your daughter that's the same way i went to purchase you as a gift for my son jesus and i have wrapped you around with the gift of the holy spirit the holy spirit is a seal of approval is a seal that secures you is the one who is walking in you to protect you to guide you to help you to ensure that you get to the end of your destination without falling away from from god and god is actively working in your life to make that happen why because there is a day coming the bible called it the marriage of the lamb that god is going to present the church you and i unto jesus as his bride that is so beautiful so god is watching over you to protect you as his gift that he has bought for his son praise god now look at what jude chapter 1 verse 24 say, says says now in light of what i've just said now gift for jesus wrapped with love the wrapper is the holy spirit now protecting us now look at what jude chapter 1 verse 24 then says he says now unto him he's talking about god the father now unto him who is able to keep you from stumbling or falling into sin god is able to keep you from falling or stumbling into sin and to present you unblemished blameless and faultless in the presence of his glory with triumphant joy and unspeakable delight what's what's failed me to begin to expand expand on this scripture it is so beautiful and so laden powerful you know what he's saying here he said god is able to keep you from first of all stumbling into sin god is able to keep you from doing that or falling into sin god is able to do that god is able to do that all right and if you look at the sin here it's not sins it's sin it's talking about the original sin you are never ever going back to that nature because that nature god has already kept you away from that nature 
all right now it says and not only that it takes you now and presents you in by that gift that is wrapped in paper it presents you now blameless and faultless the only way for God to present you before before Jesus is blameless and faultless. God cannot present you with full of blame and full of fault to Jesus. No, because God brought, bought you as a gift for his dear son. And he is going to present you faultless and blameless for Jesus. In the presence of his glory. So as he's presenting you, there is glory, light, joy, happiness, joy everywhere. As he's presenting you to his son. How did is he going to present you triumphant joy and unspeakable delight do you see a picture of a god who is angry with you here do you see a, a, see a picture of god who is who is just managing you here and just you know you know, let's just let's just hang out with this boy he doesn't know what he's doing no it's a, a picture of a god who is crazily in love with you god is in love with you god is love and he loves you dearly the bible says no greater love than 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 anyone can show is that a man should lay down his life for his for his uh, for his brothers for his friend and god has laid down his life for his life for us praise god forevermore first john chapter 5 first john chapter 5 verse 11 to 13 says this is the true testimony that god has given us eternal life and this life has its source in his son. So you see, you have what? Eternal life. And this life is in his son. The life that we have, the eternal life that we have is in Jesus Christ. Whoever has the son has eternal life. Do you have Jesus? Have you ever given your life to him? Then the Bible says you have eternal life. That's why that scripture in verse 4, Psalm 1 verse 4 says, You have rescued me from hell. You have saved my life. You have eternal life. Verse 13 then says, I have written, whoever has a son has his eternal life. Whoever does not have a son does not possess eternal life. It's as simple as that. I have written this letter to you. Who believe in the name of the Son of God? Have you, have you believed in the name of the Son of God? If you have believed in the name of the Son of God, now look at what the Bible says. The Bible says, so that you will be assured and know without a doubt that you have eternal life. The Bible says, God wants you to know, to be assured without a doubt that you have eternal life this text was written so that you will know you will not doubt your salvation so say with me i am saved from ever going to hell eternal life is mine to enjoy forever let's say that again i am saved from ever going to hell eternal life is mine to enjoy forever praise god forevermore let's go to the next step this text says you have crowned me with love and mercy you have crowned me with love and mercy you know this one the scripture that i have to back this up is in first peter chapter 2 verse 10. first peter chapter 2 verse 10. the bible says for at one time we were not god's people but now you are at one time you were not god's people which means at one time you were not a believer but now you are at one time you don't know anything of the mercy of god but because you have not received it yet but now, keyword, now, say now, say now, now, say now, 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 you are drenched with it. You are drenched with what? The mercy of God. Drenched with the mercy of God. You know, this scripture here, the picture that God used to paint this picture for me, that really helped me was, God told, showed me a waterfall. A waterfall. And, on the, and, and, and God placed me under the waterfall. As I was placed under the waterfall, the water was rushing down my head and God said that is how you are drenched in my love that's how you are drenched in my mercy so people of God when you wake up in the morning carry a consciousness that God is already merciful unto you carry a consciousness that God is already God's love is already upon your head praise God so I want you to say with me upon my head lies love and mercy God will always love me and is ever merciful to me I am drenched in the mercy of God. Let's say that together. Upon my head lies the love and the mercy of God. God will always love me and is ever merciful to me. I am drenched in the mercy of God. You see, what this means is, if coronavirus is in the world and people are dying, don't ever join the phrase that says it is God's way of punishing people or God's way of, of judging, judging people. God is merciful to his children. Mercy means love. Mercy means tender-heartedness. Praise God. So when you wake up in the morning, expect mercy. 
when you sleep at night expect mercy let that mercy be the yastic of your life let god's mercy surround you wear that mercy like a tag or like a cloth that you wear everywhere that you go praise god expect the mercy of god to work for you praise god forevermore verse 5 says you satisfy my every desire with good things you have supercharged my life so that i saw again like a flying eagle in the sky this year i think it was this year or last year god actually used this scripture to really bless me it was one during one of those days as i was going through the moment god began to share with me that it is time for you to do to soar again and god showed me a picture of an eagle that's flying high above where other birds cannot fly what this scripture is saying is a picture of a god who wants you to prosper a picture of a god who wants to satisfy every desire that you have but if you look at it he say you satisfy my every desire with good things but the question is god satisfies every desire not some desire so question is what desire do you have what desire do you have because if you don't have a desire how could god satisfy it so right now where you are i want you to begin to think of what is it that you want don't think of small things our god is a big god think big think massive stuff that you want the bible says god satisfies every single one of those desire now obviously when you want to talk about desire don't desire bad things. If you desire bad things, God doesn't give bad things, right? Don't desire things that are not yours. Don't desire those things. You know, God desire good things that you want in your life. Begin to desire. Why? So that God will supercharge your life and you can soar again like a flying eagle in the sky. The greatest challenge that the believers have, really, is the ability to dream. I was sharing in, in prayer meeting yesterday. I was saying, a lot of people don't dream big dreams because we are afraid of failing. And that is one way in which the enemy has said, oh, better, not, better don't get your hopes up. Better not get your hopes if it doesn't work. If it doesn't work, then it is God who has failed. It's not you. Trust me, God wants you to ask for big things. Do you know the reason why those spies that went to spy the land, the land of Israel, the land of Canaan rather, there are 12 spies that were sent. Do you know the reason why the 10 of the spies never made it and two of the other spies made it? Because Two of, the, two of the spies that made it spoke the language of God. They spoke the language of faith. It is indeed true that the, the land is big. The land is massive. There are giants in the land. In the natural, they, they ought to be afraid. But these guys listened to the language of love, looked at things from the eyes of faith, from the eyes of God, and they were able to step into what God has in, has in store for them. They were able to align their conversation and their viewpoint with that of God's. And that's how they were able to lay hold on it. The other ones that started to speak about, oh, the giants, the giants are many in the land. We're like grasshopper in our own eyes. If we cannot take off the land, guess what happened? They never took the land. In fact, the, the, the saddest thing about that story, people of God, was that those leaders that went and brought bad reports to these people that painted in, into their heart the, 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 the image of failure and fear, guess what? They used their own mouth to paint pictures of fear in the heart of their followers. And every one of those followers who believed these 10 leaders that painted the pictures of fear, they all died in the wilderness. You know what that told me? If you have a leader in your life, or you have a pastor who is always condemning you or speaking words of negativity to you or telling you can't make it or telling you how difficult life is get out of that place why because that person will circumvent your your, your destiny listen to me people of god you must hang out around people who wants you to prosper you must hang out around people who wants you to be who wants the best for your life you must hang out around people who are not beating you down day and night and say you can't do this it's not possible don't hang around people that are people that are called naysayers don't hang around them. Why? You know what the Bible says? What? It's not the Bible actually. It's a saying that says, the birds of the same feather flock together. But people of God, you are not of the same feather with the world. You, you are meant to hang out with people that are going places. People that are taking the kingdom for God. People that are winning souls. People that are doing exploit for the Lord. You are meant to hang out with people that are encouraging you and challenging you to be, to be the better version of yourself. So make a decision today that you will begin to dream big. Think big. By the way, I'll be running a goal setting session in the new year. For those of you that want to that want to join, please do if you want if you're interested, we, 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 you, you, you get the link out at some point in, in later. But do sign up for such things like that. Paint a picture of your future. Don't paint a picture of things are not gonna work. If you paint that picture of things are not gonna work, that's exactly what you are gonna get. If I be say you supercharge my every desire with good things. So the first step is there must be what? A desire. You must desire what? Good things. Then God can what? Satisfy that desire. And then 
more because the bible then says it supercharge your life so the base, the starting point is to have a desire desire for what good things you must desire you must desire the good things that you want in your life something that you have a strong positive vibe about that's what you should desire you have a strong positive vibe about it desire such things remind yourself that your desires shall be fulfilled not only that god will supercharge every desire you have and make it to soar again praise god forevermore i was talking to somebody the other day actually it was in um it was in bible prayer meeting yesterday i was saying that you know we moved into this beautiful house recently and everything that i wanted that i've dreamt about was in that house is in that house right but i told i told him i said i was having that dream in my heart while i was i was i went I, well whilst i had mattress on the floor when we came back from nigeria recently about uh, about uh, two years ago we came back from nigeria me and my family and i came back with only bags only my bags nothing nothing else no property no nothing no car no nothing i came back with only my bags right and i was sleeping on the floor and I told my wife, I said, we're not going to go into debt. We're not going to buy anything on credit. What, whatever we cannot buy with our own cash, we're not going to buy it. So we couldn't afford to buy, then we couldn't afford to buy a proper bed. But we bought mattresses, single, single mattress, actually. And we put them on the floor. But whilst I was on that floor, I was dreaming of the future. And when I moved into the, this house now, I said, wow, look at the, what God has done. But everything started from where? The picture that God has shown me in my heart the view that i held on to whilst i was what on that bed on the floor that's exactly what god wanted to do the very moment that is important for you to dream for the future that you desire is when it doesn't look like it again i'm going to tell you there's a script there's a, there's a message i'm going to preach in, in, in the future called build your trenches in the valley that was a that was a message that god taught me about a, a lot of times people when they are in the valley they only focus on the valley they cannot dream beyond what they see and god says the only way to succeed is to dream of bigger things when it doesn't look like it but how do you do that you must see with your mind's eye where you are going you must see with the eyes of faith that all things are possible unto you praise god forevermore all right verse 6 says you are a god who makes things right giving justice to the defenseless it means here if you have a, a court case you have some things against you and you cannot defend yourself people are bringing all sort of people around them they have people that they trust in god says here god is your great defender and he always makes things right i pronounce over your life right now that god will make things right for you in the name of jesus things may have been delayed in your life i pronounce over your life right now that god who causes the sun to rise and cause the sun to set every single day will cause a new dawn to, to rise upon your life in the name of jesus god will defend you and make things right for you in the name of jesus christ so when anything tries to suppress you or oppress you i want you to affirm this statement say the great defender is on my side the great defender is on my side and only the best comes to me the great defender is on my side and only the best comes to me praise god forevermore verse 7 says you unveiled to moses your plans and showed israel's sons what you could do obviously we're not under the old covenant but we can learn something from here Essentially, he's saying here we have the ability to know the mysteries of god in matthew chapter 13 verse 11 jesus christ said this to the disciples he said you have been given the intimate experience of insight into the hidden mysteries of the realm of heaven's kingdom but they have not in other translation it says it has been given to to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom it has been given to you you are not begging for it god is saying to you here you already have inside of you what it takes to know how the kingdom of god operates so here you can say that under the new covenant you can be assured that god is not hiding anything from you all you need to know is already written in the word of god what do you need to do take the word study the word meditate on the word abide with the word live the word and it will, it will work for you it will work for you praise god forevermore verse 8 says lord you are so kind and tender-hearted and so patient with people who fail you your love is like a flooding river overflowing its banks with kindness you see this scripture here think about what he's saying i want you to look at the picture there's a picture here it says god is kind and tender-hearted 
right. So the word tender-hearted is the word that is, is a combined word, compassionate and merciful. We've spoken about the fact that we have the mercy of God already, if you remember. Okay. Now, but you see the word for compassion. Compassion is a homonym and it means womb. <laughs> it means that the Lord carries his people. The Lord carries his people like a mother carries a child in her womb. I am not a mother. I have never been pregnant in my life. But I know if you're a mother, if you're a woman on the call or listen to this on the podcast, you know the way you feel jealous and protective of that child in your womb? That is a minuscule picture of how God protects us, of how God watches over us. Praise God. So when the Bible says you are so kind and tender, it's talking about God, you are so kind. You are like a mother who protects her own child in the womb. Praise God. The mother, a mother would rather die than to see the child that she's carrying in her womb to suffer. Trust me. I've, again, I'm not a mother, but you know what? I know the, the way the way the ways mothers feel about their children is not even cannot be compared to way to the way fathers feel about their children. The mother carries the baby. God carries us like a mother carries a child in his womb. Praise God. Now, the word kindness, you know, when the Bible says, your love is like a flooding river, overflowing its bank with kindness. I want you to think about this. You see a river that's overflowing its bank. Just think of any river that you know. Now, imagine that river overflow, overflow its banks, which means the, the river not just is not just full, but it's overflowing to every other area. Of, of where the where the river flows, right? The river overflows its bank. The Bible says the the love of God is like a flooding river. Remember, I said earlier that God gave me a picture of a waterfall flowing off to, on top of my on my head and said, "My love cascades over you, my mercies cascades over you." That is a consciousness that God wants to carry every day. When you're going out in the morning, you're coming back at night. God wants to carry a consciousness that you are under the the rivulet or the the cascade of the love of God. So here the Bible says that same love is like a flooding river that overflows its bank with what? With kindness. So when you hear the story about an angry God, you hear the story about a God who is judgmental. You hear the glory or the story of a God who is the consuming fire. You hear the story of a God who is um, putting sickness on people. Then you are not really seeing the right picture because here the Bible says God's love is like a flooding, flooding, flooded river that overflows its banks with what kindness. Now you see this word kindness. I want to focus on that. The word kindness here was actually called from. Exodus chapter 34 verse 6. In Exodus chapter 34 verse 6, God said to Moses, the Lord passed by in front of him and said, the Lord, the Lord God, compassionate and gracious, show slow to anger and abounding in loving kindness and truth, that is faithfulness. So this word kindness is essentially the tender mercies of God, the compassion of God. God who is so compassionate, which means if you come to the throne of God, what do you get? Compassion, love, kindness, mercy, goodness, kindness. So say with me, God's love for me is like an overflowing river. I can never exhaust that love, never. Say that again, God's love for me is like an overflowing river. I can never exhaust that love, no, never. Praise God forevermore. Verse 9 says, You don't look at us only to find our faults, so, just so that you can hold a grudge against us. If you look at this, God doesn't say, I'm going to hold a grudge against Davis. Just imagine the God of the universe holding the holding grudge against you. Just think, think about the word grudge. The word grudge essentially means you are out to get somebody. It's, um, it's a word that sort of means um, there's some sort of enmity, there's some sort of viciousness, there's some sort of vindictiveness. God is never vindictive. The father never plays, ven- plays vendetta with his own children. No, God doesn't do that. Fault here means God will not always fight with us like we are enemies. No, God is not my enemy. God is not your enemy. God, but God is your friend and is your father. God is not holding any grudge against you. Don't forget that. Don't forget that. When challenges of life come to you, don't say, oh, because I've done something wrong, that's why this happened. Oh, God, oh, God, God is angry with me. No, God is never angry with you. 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 Praise God. 
Praise God forever. God looks at you with tender, loving care. You know, just yesterday in the morning, before before uh, prayer meeting, I was doing a study on Ephesians chapter one verse four, and in the partial translation, it spoke about the fact that God chose us in love in Christ before the foundation of the world. So, so that we will be seen as and God ordained us rather so that we'll be seen as holy in his eyes with unstained innocence and God showed me a picture here God said you know when you carry a baby a baby that was just born you carry a baby how do you feel towards that baby compassion love joy happiness and God then said to me do you remember when you when you gave back to your children I said yeah he said God said let's go back there so we know we went into that conversation and I remember the, when I when my first child was born and my second child was born and my third child was born I was there in the in the theater room there with my wife and the, and the doctors and when they gave me each of these children when they gave give them to me there is a way I felt inside the joy and the happiness I felt that, oh this is my child there's a sense of ownership a sense of love care that I felt towards each of these children right and God said to me the way you felt towards your children I feel to you much 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 more than that which means God loves us with and sees us with unstained innocence as far as God is concerned we have unstained innocence before him and God loves us the same way I love my children when I carry them in my hands oh look at my baby God says to us more than that a million times a billion times uncountable times that is the love that God has for us. So God is not bearing any grudge against you. Praise God forevermore. Verse 10 says, You may discipline us for our, for our many sins, but never as much as we really deserve. Nor do you get even with us for what we've done. The truth of the matter is, if you take this scripture in, in light of the new covenant, God does not discipline us for any sins. Why? Because the sins have been paid for. How does God discipline us in the new covenant? God shows us the word. And use, God uses the word of God to teach us to discipline us, to disciple us. God uses his word to disciple us. Why? Because the sins that we have ever committed have all been placed on Jesus Christ and judged on that cross. Remember what I shared earlier in the book of Romans? I said, the sins were placed on Jesus and judged at the cross so that we will no longer live our lives as somebody who is under sin but under righteousness. Praise God. God never placed the vendetta with the believer in Christ we are not enemies of God we stand fully reconciled to God praise God forevermore verse 11 higher than the highest heavens that's how high your tender mercy extends greater than the grandeur of heaven above is the greatness of your love of your loyal love towering over all who fear you and bow down before you you know what this is saying God's love towers above your head I want you to think about that ponder on that embrace that relish that relish that god's love tower above you essentially saying here if you think about higher than the highest heavens from where you are <laughs> to the sun to the moon farther 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 than that that's how high the tender mercy of the lord extends to you i can't even get my head around that I can't even get my heart to understand that, people of God. Essentially, God is saying here, you cannot plumb the depth of my love. You cannot plumb the depth of my love. That's what God is saying. God says, you want to know how much I love you? When you go to the farthest part of the universe, you still will not be able to scratch how much I love you. But you say, but David, I don't feel the love of God. This is not about what you feel. It's about what you know and accept. Let me explain something to you that will really help you. To really experience the love of God, you must believe it first. You don't feel the love before you believe. That is putting, uh, what do they call it? The cat before the horse. No. The way it works in the kingdom, you must believe what it says and accept it to be the truth before it begins to work for you. Now, when I say you should accept it as a truth, I am not talking of mental assent. I'm not saying just believe in your head. Oh, God loves me. God loves me. No, I'm saying in your heart. Let your heart believe and say, I may not understand it, but I believe that God loves me. What is the proof? Christ hung on the cross. He died for my sin. That's all the proof I need. That's all the proof I need. And the Bible says here, this love, loyal love of God, tower over all. And the love of God towers over your life. You are under the rivulet of the love of God. I am under the waterfall of the love of God. I am drenching it. I walk in it. I carry the consciousness of it. 
in the name of Jesus. So I pray for you in the name of Jesus that the God who, who, who has brought you into the kingdom of love, the kingdom of light, the kingdom of his dear son will reveal to you today as you live here the depth of his love. As you, as you ponder on this message, as you go back to the word of God to, to listen to his, the love message, the love poems that he has written to you, may your heart be lifted to see the God in the true light as a God who loves you so much that he sent Jesus Christ to die for you. Verse 12. Father than, farther than from a sunrise to a sunset, that's how you have removed our guilt from us. This may be where I stop today, but let me show you what something he's talking about here. He's saying, guilt is not for the believer. A lot of believers live their lives under guilt of the past, the mistake that we've made, what we could, we could have done, what we didn't do well. But God never places guilt on the believer. Even under the old covenant here, this is this old covenant stuff I'm reading. It says, Father, Father from a sunrise to a sunset. Essentially, it's talking about, you know, where you have east and west. East, west. If I stand here and somebody is going, I'm going to go east, this other person, I'm going to go west. Chances are they will never meet because they will keep going in that direction. The Bible says, this, the, the same way the east is far from the west. That is how God has removed our guilt from us. The same way you will never have sunrise and sunset meeting together. That's the same way God has removed guilt from us. Remove means it no longer exists. So the question is, where does the guilt come from? The guilt comes from the accusing conscience of the enemy. The enemy comes in and accuses you. Accuses you and says, look at what he did. God cannot hear your prayer. Ha! Ah, can God hear somebody like you? Look at what you don't you know who you are? Look at this, look at that, look at that, look at that. And then you start to live under the burden of guilt. But Romans 8:1 says, The case is now closed. There remains no accusing voice of condemnation against those who are joined in life union with Jesus, the anointed one. This scripture, Romans 8:1, you know what he's saying? Is is actually saying this this it is not allowed for even one single accusing voice to come against your life. Condemnation and guilt is not from God. If you are reeling under the guilt of condemnation right now, I've got a word of prayer after I want to pray with you. I want to pray with you. I want to pray with you. Right there where you are, I'm going to begin to speak life unto you. Remember, this scripture is about forget not. Don't forget. Guilt and condemnation is not for you. Don't forget that. Please place your hands upon your chest as I pray for you. If you are reeling under guilt of the past, I'm going to make some prophetic utterance over your life now as we begin to round up. Father, right now I pray in the name of Jesus for this person or these people who have placed their hands on their chests in agreement with me and with your word this morning. Lord, I speak word of life against that guilt. I say, guilt, pack your bag and get out. Lord, I pray that the Holy Spirit will remind these people when the guilt comes that, that, that Christ already paid the price for anything that can ever bring them guilt in the name of Jesus. I decree over your life right now, be released, be free from the accusing voice of the enemy. Remind yourself today that you are a child of God, loved by God, that that accusation and guilt is not coming from God. I rebuke every spirit of guilt in your life in the name of Jesus. I declare right now the freedom of Christ flows in your life freely in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name, we pray. Praise God forevermore. So, verse 13 says, The same way a loving father feels towards his children, that's but a sample of your tender feelings towards you. Your beloved children will live in all of you. Remember I shared a story about me carrying my, my, my children in the hospital when they were born, the way I felt. This is exactly what this is talking about. Saying no matter how, how, how well-intentioned you feel towards your children, no matter the kind of love you feel towards your children, God loves you more than that a million times. In fact, uncountable times. So you can say this scripture like, like your father has deep compassion for his children. Now, the Hebrew word for tender feelings in this scripture that I just read here is the word rakam, which is again the homonym for the word womb that we spoke about before. And womb, remember what I told you about womb is what? Compassion. So you can say that our father God carries us in his womb. 
It's a beautiful wordplay. It's almost like you say, God has a womb. God carries you in his womb. He's protecting you. Nothing will touch you that won't have to touch God first. And nothing can touch God. Praise God forevermore. God also nurtures us like a mother nurtures our children. God nurtures us like a mother nurtures our children. So this interplay of what he's talking about is showing the, the mother nature of our father. Praise God forevermore. Verse 14. You know all about us inside and out. You are mindful that we are made from dust. This is where I draw the line. Praise God. The Hebrew word for, the Hebrew word yasha, the Hebrew word yasar can be translated form or frame. What this is saying is, God knows that we are going to make a mistake. In this life, you're going to make a mistake. You are either going to run into one, you're coming from one. From time to time, you make a mistake. But God does not relate to us based on our frame, based on the, the mistakes that we will make. So, Yasa is a homonym that means to be in distress or to be frustrated. So, this sentence could be translated, you know all about our frustration and our distress in this life. These thoughts combined will mean that God hasn't forgotten that he formed us in the natural from dust and will experience frustration from time to time in this life as human beings. But God is sympathetic to our difficulties. God is sympathetic to our difficulties. So if you're on the call right now and you face a lot of challenges, I bring the word of hope to you. I want you to I want you to know that God is watching over you. God is not left you alone in that distress or in that challenge that is facing you. God is asking to tell you, if you just remember, remember all the things I've done for you. Remember that you are saved. Remember that you have you are the beloved of the Lord. Remember that you are the righteousness of God. Remember that I love you. That my love cascades over you. Remember that I have already had mercy on you. If you can just remember all of these things, remember all of these things that God has already done for you. God says that will begin to encourage you to then stand up and take your position. This that distress will not win over your life because God has already won. Remember Psalm 8 verse 16 says, The Lord God is exalted. The right hand of the Lord doeth do it valiantly. I pray over your life that the right hand of the Lord will do valiantly, valiantly for you in the name of Jesus. You are victorious in Christ by the power of the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Alright, I think my time is now up. I just want to say a word of prayer and then there will be some announcement that will come on the back of the screen. I'll come back again to do some announcement to just tell you some of the things that we plan towards Christmas so that we, we can all be a part of it together. Praise God. Let us pray. Wonderful Father, I thank you for your children. Thank you for that. This is how far you can help us to go today just to remind us of the things that we already have in Jesus. This beautiful psalm that we've looked at today has a lot of nuggets, a lot of wisdom there. Let us go back to it and be able to just remember what you've done for us. And when we look at these things in the light of the new covenant, let faith rise up. Let joy rise up. Let hope rise up in our heart in the name of Jesus. As your people go today, Lord, I send them away in the blessings of the Lord, in the goodness of the Lord, in the kindness of the Lord. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you for salvation. Thank you for hope. Thank you for healing. Thank you for miracle. Thank you for blessings in the name of Jesus. Lord, we give you praise and we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. All right. Praise God forevermore. Please remember, just wait for a couple of minutes. We, the, the, the announcement will roll in a moment so you can tell you what we're planning for Christmas. And again, if you like to give to the ministry, you'll see a link on the screen. Uh, do give as you are led, and the Lord bless your giving. I'll speak to you soon. God bless you. Thank you for joining today's service, which was great and awesome as usual. We hope that you were blessed. The replay of today's sermon will be available by 10 a.m. UK time on our social media handles, YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram at The Lighthouse. You can also subscribe to our podcast channel on www.thelighthouse.org.podcast. You can also listen to other messages. Do not forget that you can reach out for more information on our website at www.thelighthouse.org or you can send a message to light at thelighthouse.org. Our services hold twice a week on Sundays 8 a.m. UK time and on Wednesdays by 6 p.m. UK time. We look forward to you joining us. Do good by inviting someone to church. Till then, stay permanently blessed. All right. Thank you very much. Um, what I just want to say quickly is that we're planning a Christmas lunch. Um, we have limited space, unfortunately. Um, it's going to be a live church Christmas lunch, which means uh, you come to a physical location. We're planning this in, uh, in the city of Oxford here. 
uh, we've got a place at the Juris in, in Oxford. We want people to come in there, but you have to register. So there must be a link on the screen where you can register. If you come in there with your family, just register, register them in there, and they will love to see you. Please, if you know you cannot make it, don't book it because so we can let this give this slot to other people because um, we want to make sure that we can account for everyone that is going to come. So there will be a link in there um, on the screen for you to register let's come in and celebrate christmas together it's going to be a kind of two three hours kind of service you know i will preach there'll be a word there'll be uh, some music and then there'll be food to eat as well you know so please uh, come around i'll be i'll be looking forward to seeing you remember we've, we've been running this church since um may i think with this the first service was may 8th uh this year and god has helped us a lot you know over this past uh, six months or there about that we've been, been running church so it would be nice to see some of you face to face you know and, and get to get to shake hands and just you know believe god for you and if you have got prayer upon as well please bring them on that day we're going to pray and trust god for breakthroughs in jesus name for those who are going to be online we need to work out what we can do for you you know um the, the, the team is coming up with some ideas on, on how to reach out to those who are streaming from kenya or nigeria or, or dubai or canada or you know so we can we can look at how we can help you uh, help with that praise god the other thing i want to say is that um from the 29th which is uh the, the monday before for next uh, after next uh, next sunday i will i'll be preaching on a message tied to your miracle is in the praise your miracle is in the praise so please look forward to that so i'm going to be talking about you know how praise can open doors and then god has laid in my heart for us to do a 14 day a 14 day um you know praise medley or miracle medleys you know which means for one hour between six and seven every day we jump on a call and we just worship god yeah, so the way it's going to work is we're going to, we're going to curate some music from youtube and play those your, your job my job during that period just to praise god just to praise god. so for 14 days we're going to praise god from the 29th of of, of november i think to the 12th of december and then on the 12th of december we come to church, live church, for the Christmas Christmas lunch. So that's all I just want to talk to you about. Please remember, uh, I will love. I'll be looking forward to seeing you on the 29th as well for, for the for the 14 days. You know, honestly, I believe God there will be breakthroughs. What the Lord laid in my heart to share with you is that when we go through this 14 days journey and we just put him first put him first you know <laughs> things are gonna happen in our lives all right so thank you so much for hanging there and sorry that this um, service took a bit longer but i hope it has been a blessing to you as it has been for me god bless you i'll speak to you another time Change.